0: Greetings, dysfunctionals. Dr. Ernesto Morell is back with the third and final part of our discussion on the ethnic study struggle in California. In this final part, Sean Arce, Elias Serna, and Lupe Cardasco Cardona, along with myself and Francisco Lopez, talk specifically about the need for gente across the country to come together to fight for Chicana OX history and culture.
1: Now, you bring up a great point, Elias. Uh, reinventing, that's part of what we are aiming to do here through the Chicano studies is reinvent ourselves so how does somebody how do our listeners who are across the nation not in Arizona
2: not in California how do they contribute sheesh I mean I love to hear from others but I think there's such rich sharing to do I think even the origins of the ethnic studies in California is a great lesson like how did I get to meet Todd from Michigan I would have never gone out to Michigan. We all went to Tucson. The whole reason ethnic studies blew up in California is because of Tucson, because we were fighting in Tucson and we brought the fight over the mountains to California.
0: Yeah, that's. And- uh, you are absolutely right. I think that what happened in Tucson, it will be will become the new center. And I think it already has. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree
3: 100%. Can I say something really quickly on that? I think that that is has been... Something that I see missing like in the ethnic studies sort of, you know, struggle, which is why like I have gravitated towards like rasa studies now and like, you know, Sean and Elias and and others, you know, others, my siblings in this movement. And that is that what was happening in Tucson is like what I was what I said earlier was very connected to like the spirituality element. Like there was there was an element of like you're 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 learning history, but you're also like healing from it. Right? And it wasn't just like, "Oh, you're gonna heal by proxy." It was like, no, we it's built into the pedagogy, right? And I think like, um, I think sometimes we start to touch on that here, but I don't think that we go deeply enough into like how transformative as a whole human what they were doing in Tucson, you know, really is. And I think that we really need to to be clear that if we want to see the same kinds of results with the ethnic studies here. That, that we need to ensure that, you know, whatever tradition, whatever discipline you're um, teaching ethnic studies from, that you bring that into what you're doing. Because for me, that was the big thing that was like, you know, cause I come, I come from a ceremony family, right? Like my dad was a medicine man and like my brothers, my dad, are, they're all sun dancers. Right. And so when I first went to Chito, it was like, holy, this just brought like everything together to be like this whole decolonial transformation of like who I am, right? I've always been like a, a, a Chicana, Chicana studies teacher, you know, as an educator for my 21 years. But at that moment, it transformed me like even further. It pushed me even further. Um, and I think that's something that we need to remember with, with this whole movement is that that element cannot be missing because if that's missing, we're going to really miss the mark in terms of seeing the types of results that, that we saw in Tucson.
2: You, you know, I I, I want to pass it over to Sean too to to talk on that point. Um, but I just want to add a footnote. Like the the when you read the because um because of uh Juan Gomez Quinones is passing. Yeah. I've been rereading a lot of his stuff and of course the de Santa Barbara, which was collectively written. And there's parts in it that just read. Um, you know, I I I'm I'm an ideological animal. I love like calls to action like the communist manifesto and you know things and the plm plans which gomez was a big fan of uh, a student of the plan de santa barbara there's moments where it's spiritual i feel like it's there's a very powerful spiritual element that i think overtakes the reader but i'm wondering uh, sean has any uh, any uh ideas on that because um because that that, that's kind of where we started in tucson i'd like to hear what, what he says on Something like that. Yeah, I, th- I think just like we develop
4: uh, curriculum, we improve upon our our, our methods and our approaches, etc. I think we could strengthen. You know, uh, the the intention of of Chicano studies in the classroom is to you know it is to uh, is to nourish and to develop that spirit within our students, right? And so, in order to do so, we have to be straight with ourselves, too, right? We have to be spiritually strong. We have to uh, constantly, excuse me, constantly uh, uh, develop uh, in terms of our, of our spirituality, right? And so those things are inseparable. Like Lupus says, you know, you can't, uh, you can't address uh, student trauma in the, in the classroom through strictly academics. But when that spirituality and that, and that building and that spirit development that takes place in the class, right? We do that simultaneously, right? I've just been fortunate to be around teachers, you know, or my, my the Tucson uh, Circle here in Los Angeles. I mean, it's crazy. This Lupe introduced him, and I've, I've known some of those folks too, but working the, the very little time that I have, you know, these are all expert practitioners. These should be like model. They should be hiring Lupe to lead the ethnic studies office within the California De- uh, Department of Education. It's, it's asinine. It's ridiculous when we really look at the gente that we have lined up, right, and ready to go and who are doing work right now from everywhere, anywhere from, you know, San Diego, Coachella, Oakland, uh, Bakersfield, wherever you have, and I'm talking only, I'm not, I'm not talking about the other groups. I'm talking about the, the brown folks, right? chicanex right? we should be leading these efforts. We should be the ones talent dictating what's coming down in the state. So that's kind of what, what I take from that it, it, is that holistic education idea, right? Uh, everything, right? Body, spirit, mind, right? Everything is, is, it's, it is a holistic approach and that's why what we do is so successful. And so impactful and so empowering for not only our students, folks, but for us as teacher facilitators, right?
1: So, so is the class, is it, we're talking about an intervention? You know, is that the way, one of the ways to look at it? Is an intervention more than an academic discipline class? Because I know, the reason I'm asking this, I know here in Marona Valley, we've had Chicano studies for about 20 years in one of our high schools. And I know there was some, some uh, disagreement between teachers and administration because it, they did start making it more about an intervention class. And I know some teachers were upset about that, but that's kind of what I hear you saying, Sean, is that, how do you see that? How do, and All three of you, how do you see that? Is an intervention more than an academic? Because that's what we need?
3: I would say like, if it, becomes an intervention class that's the class that those kids need more than any other class yeah but it isn't that right it is an academic class that just happens to be extremely transformative yeah
0: what if we use the word transformative right from the get-go instead of intervention i mean because i see i mean chicano studies ethnic studies well chicano studies specifically for me has been transformative you know great from the very first moment, like I was in seventh grade when my guidance counselor gave me a copy of Yo Soy Joaquin, that was a transformative moment for me in Lansing, Michigan. It was game over after that. I'm sure that some people could also say it was an intervention. I mean, I was a, a rascally seventh grader. I just get in a lot of trouble. I'm sure that some of you find that hard to believe. Um, <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the principal's office. <laughs> I think it's one of those ways, like, you know, Elias is, he's a rhetoric person, right? So it's the way that words impact, you know, the outcomes. And I think that that's that's one of them. So, I I mean, I think if if we went in talking about how Chicano Studies is transformative, which it is, and there's proof of it, there's empirical proof of it now. It's not just like, you know, us making it up. I mean, we can look at Tucson, we can look at these other places, Mm -hmm. and, um, well, not too many other places, but we can really look at Tucson where it really happened. Not the, I love what you guys have been using, the heroes, food, and holidays model. That's not transformative. That's like an intervention. That's where you get all the bad kids that you don't want the other classes out and you send them into that. So
1: I have one other question for y'all. El Rancho Unified was one of the first school districts to implement, right? In 2014. What is the data saying? What is the data saying? You know, do we have comparable data you know, going along with Tucson of the transformation that the classes have made for our students and their achievement.
3: Well, I know that um, last year I was at the, um, the RA for the NEA, the National Education Association, and, I, and Cecily Mayer-Cruz, who is now the UTLA president, first woman of color, Black and Chicana, she actually submitted an NBI to get NEA to fund a new study like the study before, right. That kind of looked at the different districts and the data. So that, that study, it was approved. It hasn't happened yet. El Rancho may or may not be one of those schools. I will tell you from my own experience that, and this is why a critical model curriculum at the state level is important because it protects teachers because I was teaching Chicana Chicano studies there, and I got freaking basically blacklisted in that district. They pulled they pulled my ass out. It was really bad. I had already been trained. They like my my principal gave me the highest uh, highest scores you can get on evaluation. Had great relationships with parents and students, and I get a phone call from Jose Lara, as a matter of fact, who was a school board member, and he just tells me that he basically a school board meeting got completely shut down because they put in a um, a motion to have me um, not receive a new contract for, for teaching there. And it, it goes right to the fact that I was teaching um, parent ethnic studies and I was teaching Chicano, Chicano studies with students. So that makes me feel like foods, heroes, and holidays is what they're pushing in that district. So it's, it's very complicated, right? Cause it's like, even LAUSD, what they're trying to push, we're I'm on the committee, right? I'm on um, the Ethnic Studies Task Force with UTLA and also with the committee that's doing curriculum. And I will tell you right now that they're trying to push something that's very watered down also. You know, we're pushing back like Cecily Mayer-Cruz is the lead of that. That task force, like Tolteca, uh, Cuautin, is on that. Like there are several, Dr. Melina Abdullah, Dr. Teresa Montaño, there are several of us on there and we're pushing back and we're saying we can't be that weak curriculum that the state of California is saying, oh, we can be like LAUSD. And that's what's happening literally right now. And so what that does is obviously it's, it's, it's weak curriculum for the youth, but it's also weak protections for good critical ethnic studies educators, practitioners. Because if, if it's in the curriculum, then you've got that sort of, like, this is a standard what somebody in Chicano studies or Black studies would teach. But if it's watered down in that curriculum, yes, it's just a model. You can, you can adjust it, but you don't have that sort of political coverage that you could have if it was already in the curriculum, in the model curriculum, that is.
1: And we have specific cohorts of teachers who are focusing on ethnic studies. I mean, I know. I believe it's UCLA has a program, right? Yes. Not too long, correct?
3: Yeah. Yeah. UCLA has right now the only one that's like training teachers to have that ethnic studies emphasis credential. That emphasis, Mm -hmm. but I know that what is it? Fresno State. They're working right now on like a a a full out credential, and they're working with other Cal states. So that's something that's that's being uh, right now discussed across the Cal states, which would be fantastic. You know, like. I wish when I was doing uh, Chicana Chicanos so studies at UCLA that something like that existed. Because as I was taking, you know, Dr. Um, you know, Juan Gomez Quinones' classes, I could already be thinking as a critical pedagogue and like creating really critical lessons already as I was learning it. But that didn't exist back then. So that's something that we are like evolving to, and maybe with the the Plan de Yangna Los Angeles, we can talk about language in there that kind of promotes that.
0: Yeah. We, we need to get a copy of that so that we can put it up with the, uh, with the podcast. I think that that would be really good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's it's in process still. Like we're still, it's something that's still working on and we've been for several years, you know, wanting to come back together, and maybe, maybe thank you. Maybe you just brought the the band back together again to
0: start that <laughs> process. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah,
1: uh, time to go on tour. Uh.
0: What do you say? I'll take a uh, a half a fried chicken, a whole loaf of white bread. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I just want to tell you all, and I know that you know this in your heart, but people are watching, and people are paying attention to what's happening, and they're paying attention to the struggle that you all are conducting there. That's real. I know, that, I know that people all over the country are watching. You know, they watched what happened in Tucson and a lot of people, you know, across, around the country stood up for Tucson and uh, stood up for Mexican-American studies. They stood up for Chicano studies. I believe wholeheartedly the same thing's going to happen again in California. The rest of us who aren't there with you, we just, we just need to know, you know, what it is that, that you want us to do and I realized that right this second might not be necessarily the time to ask that question, but I know that the answer will come. And so I, you know, I also hope that we can do this again, you know, pretty soon, maybe like in about, you know, a month or so, and just kind of check back in on, on what's going on. I mean, this is uh this was a really high level conversation, I think, about Chicano Studies. And those are the kind of conversations that need to happen more often. Wow, you guys were you guys are are good guests. That's really cool.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Todd, for broadcasting this talk. And you know, it's important material to to get out to you know educate people, inform people, and, and get them ready for for some action. Yeah, and you know, contributes to the unity.
0: Yeah, I agree. Thank
1: you. Indeed. Yeah.
2: Thank you. No, and I, I just I really like the idea that you
1: all did not the fact that you all did not leave the Palestinian brothers behind. You know. That to me speaks volumes. You know, I think the fact that people know that it it really speaks for what Chicano studies is truly all about. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I just wish our elected leaders would be as, um, as, (laughs) as, yeah, not so weak.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, from their perspective, I think it it makes sense that it is uh, absolutely dangerous to imperialism to promote the ideology or the history of a group of people who have been pretty successful in, uh, in their struggle. And because I mean, success breeds success and, uh, you know, it gives people ideas. (laughs) And so, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I kind of get it from their perspective, but I would also say, I agree with Francisco. I think that standing firm on that was, was the right thing to do. And I'm, I'm very excited about that.
3: Yeah, especially hey. Palestine. I mean, we have Absolutely. like Chicanos. We have a long <laughs> history,
1: right? Just last week, yeah. somebody was asking me, "Hey, you're Arab, right? Middle Eastern, eh? Like, <laughs> might have some Palestinian in me, right?" Uh, Explain that face, Hey, well, <laughs> well, I look forward to uh, one day being soon, right, being able to see you all in person again, right? Yeah. Break bread, salute. Yeah, I have to run. Okay. Okay. Ojalá. i appreciate you blessings. right. <laughs> Ojalá, <laughs> <laughs>
0: All okay. right, you guys. Bye. Thank you. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the third and final part of our discussion on the fight for ethnic studies in California. We hope it was as informative for you as it was for us. Until next time, follow us on Podbeam or like our Facebook page,
4: The Reality Dysfunction. We'll see you soon.